Okay, Blake, I've been working on some jingles for our new website launch. So I've got churchy, churchy, church, church dear. Toby, what have I told you about singing on the podcast? It doesn't work. But you know what is working? Our new website. You can actually get it to load on your phone. You can actually buy a new piece of gear without your phone bursting into flames. Well, what if I spelled it out like C-H-U-R-C-G-E-R? Toby, Toby, stop. That is not working. But you know what is working? The search bar on our website. You can actually search speakers and speakers will appear. No joke, that didn't always work. Okay, what if I just did something like go to churchgear.com? You know what? That one works. Blake, have you ever been offered free candy to run for office? Uh, No, but you offered me uh, candy to do gear runs. Welcome to the Church Gear Podcast, where we pull the tech director out of the booth and onto the stage to share the most outlandish stories and hidden wisdom from the tech trenches. And now, here are your hosts. I'm your host, Blake Hodges, a man who was taught to never accept candy from strangers, and I'm here with a boss who loves giving candy to people uh, like your sweet, sweet grandma gives you hard candy when you visit. Toby Walters. Is it... Your sweet grandma gives you hard candy when you visit Toby Walters? Yes. So you have to say, (laughs) Grandma, I've made a visit to Toby Walters. And she says, oh, good, Sonny. Here's some candy. This is getting strange real quick. So let's uh, let's shift gears to a story that's not strange at all. I mean, (laughs) when you walked in this morning, you said... I have to. T- I'm telling this story. Oh no! So I don't know what's about to happen. <laughs> so uh, rewind to high school days, and let's see what a uh, high school Toby was like. So, as you know, in every high school, um, I, I assume in private high schools, but also, I mean, certainly in public high schools, you have student government, and you have lots of different positions. You have president and vice president, usually like a treasurer, secretary, and then all. At, at least at my high school, we had all these commissioners. And there was like, uh, I'm trying to remember some of them, like commissioner of uh, like Break assemblies, time, lunch, yeah, commissioner of student involvement, whatever. And so there was also this thing called a a convention, just like the you know Republican or Democratic national were you, were convention. You a fascist or an authoritarianism? I didn't know those words back or in communist. high school. I was I wanted candy. And so at this convention, you would get out of school for the day. You'd go to the convention and you'd get to bring three of your friends and you'd get a bunch of free candy. And so me and my friends, we were not super popular. I know that's confusing for you, Blake, because you know me as like the coolest guy you've ever met. I'm very shook. But we thought to ourselves, okay, how can we get into this convention so we can get out of school and get free candy? Are you sure this isn't like fourth grade, Toby? No, this is straight up like junior year of high school. Okay. And so we are, we're scheming and we're trying to figure out like, can we get on somebody's team? Can we be somebody's? And we're like, well, we don't really run with the popular kids. So how can we like get on one of their teams? And we decided, uh, okay, one of us is going to have to actually like run for office. And then the others of us get to go with as the, as the like election team. So I'm, I'm not exaggerating this story. I'm not lying to you, Blake. We drew straws and I lost. So you won. So I lost the, well, I, I won, won the, the to opportunity run to run for office. And so I was like, all right, you know, you know me, Blake. I have no shame. So oh, 100%. Like, That's why I, I'm surprised you drew for straws. Yeah. So I was like, no problem. I'll do this. And so I looked at all the available options and um, I, was, I was like, what's the dumbest one <laughs> that I could run for? And it was commissioner of clean campus. 
So is this just like you're the janitor assistant? I'm like the rallying member of, you know, what this office is, is like how to like create initiative and involvement among the students to help keep the campus clean and have pride in it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have to do anything around that. So uh, let's try that one. And I was running against a really popular girl. So I was like, oh, well, this will be no problem because obviously she's going to get elected (laughs) and I'm just going to get out of school for a day and get free candy like I want. So fast forward to the convention. They hold it in the gym and they set it all up with like tables and lights and hazers. I'm sure they rented some gear from church gear, right? Oh, yeah. Because we existed when I was a junior in high school. And uh, they would have speeches or skits. You could do a speech or you could do a skit. And I was like, well, let's do a skit because that sounds fun. Now, growing up in youth group, Blake, uh, there were always skits floating about in the 90s. Uh, Did you do skits in? I watched the skit, guys. Yeah, in youth group? Yep. Okay. Were you ever involved in those? No. No. Okay. Not attractive enough to be on stage. So for me, I was like, I always enjoy that stuff, like get up on stage, act goofy. And so my buddies and I are talking. We're like, what skit can we do? And there was this one that had gone through the youth group for years. Like the youth group leaders would do it every so often for like the last 10 or 15 years. And it was legendary amongst our youth group. It was called the Iron Gut. Okay. So uh, I'm going to warn you, it's, it's disgusting, but it's an incredible story. So there are four of us and we... Um, we go up to the stage one at a time. So first person goes up and on the stage, there is a toothbrush, toothpaste, and a glass of water. So the person goes up and pretends that he's just waking up, kind of like makes a show of it, stretches, yawns, grabs a toothbrush, brushes his teeth, you know, very normal. And then he takes a glass of water, drinks some, swishes, Spits it back in the cup. Okay, I know where this is going. And so, you know, do this three times with three guys And then at the end, I come up and I'm pretending again, I'm waking up and all of a sudden I am aware that there is an audience in this skit. And so I look out and I'm like, what's going on here? Like, what is everybody doing here? And I look out and everybody's got, you know, a soda or a Gatorade or whatever that they're drinking. And so I, you know, make this kind of joke of like, how come you all have drinks? And I, oh, here it is. And you could just hear the crowd start to be like, oh, no, no, no. And Blake, I drink that entire glass of all sorts of mixture. Human DNA. And I hold it down. I definitely felt, you know, the reflexes coming. I hold it down and I set that cup down and I said, vote for me. I'll clean up any mess. And like, it didn't turn in. You you saw Stand By Me. Yeah. It didn't turn into that where like, you know, nobody threw up, but like obviously everybody was like, that was disgusting. And Blake, did you win? I won. Did you deeply regret winning? I, well, kind of. I felt so bad for the girl that was running against me because she really wanted it and I didn't at all. And then I got elected. And so uh, the, the hilarious part is about two months in, there was like... Uh, student representatives from each class that would come once a month and they would gather to like give like just student feedback to the student government. And so two months in, somebody raises a point and says, can we impeach that 
stupid commissioner a clean campus? He doesn't do anything around here. I kid you not. The student body tried to impeach me, but they couldn't get it through. Couldn't get enough votes, huh? You should have just been going around campus eating garbage, you know? You said you clean up any mess. I mean, that was, that could have been the play. But I'm just, I'm worried about the day when uh, you and all the rest of the employees at Church Gear, like, try and impeach me. We overthrow me. you? Yeah. Well, that's why you have me here. I'm your spy on the inside to make okay. sure nobody ends Will up. you drink the... Oh, of course. Okay. Whatever you need, mouth boss. <laughs> now let's bring in somebody that definitely would have downed all that spit as well, the North Point Ministries Technical Director, Brendan Petty. Brendan, how how would you have crushed that bottle of disgusting spit saliva? Uh, I don't know about that, guys. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> sound appetizing at have all. Have you ever run for office? You know, did you have to, uh, you know, get voters to get you into North Point? Or? Uh, no. No, never had to do that. I, I was never big on like the popularity contests and seeing, you know, how, how and silly I, just, I could be. I just wanted the candy. I don't even want to be popular. What if, yeah. like, chugging. I don't like candy that much. What if chugging that bottle of spit uh, quadrupled your production budget for the rest of your years <laughs> at North Point? Ooh, now. <laughs> just one cup of spit. I don't know, man. I, there, I, I could, yeah, there might be a, there might be a threshold there. I don't know what it would be, though. <laughs> Everybody has a number. All right, so. <laughs> Let's get to these five truths and a lie. So, first one, received first TV credit in 2001. Secondly, hmm. I wonder if he's on IMDb. Oh, you Ooh. should check that while I read the next five. <laughs> no, let's cheat. Started in church tech, running lyrics with crossfade dual slide projectors. Uh, do you know what a slide projector is, Blake? I just want a pat on the back that I said all that correctly. Uh, no. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. All right, number three. I sold an Allen & Heath audio console to buy an engagement ring. You know, Toby, I didn't know they sold uh, engagement rings for $200, because that's about... <laughs> it depends you... on the Allen & Heath you're selling. Well, that's true. We just did sell an Avantis. Uh, Rob... and, that, and that totally sounds like something I would have done. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to literally think if I sold gear in order to pay for my wife's engagement ring. Well, and now you can get these new... These things are all the rage. These diamonds that look like diamonds... But they're not, and they're like a hundred bucks. I don't Cubic know why. Zirconias. Yeah, we should all do that. <laughs> That's been a thing for a long time. Number four, robbed at gunpoint by a pregnant woman. Ah, uh, Toby, where was <laughs> Shelly a couple years ago? Well, I'm wondering if that's his wife oh when she was gosh. pregnant. Because Blake, your wife has never been pregnant, but they allegedly they get a little crazy. They do. Okay, it's scary. Well, we just got canceled. Number five, considered the North Point Ministries pro presenter expert. <laughs> Number six. Uh, coming in like very many other tech directors in this section, studied to be an architect. Okay. Are you saying that other tech directors have yes. been architects or just well, studied to be something completely different? I don't know if they if they studied it or not, but like I, I feel like we get this a lot, that that is an alternative job. Okay. Well, Brendan, uh, please explain to our young Blakey here, what is a slide projector? Yeah, slide projector, man. Back in the 80s, you know, people would uh, – you know, put photos like on 35 millimeter transparent slides and, um, you know, you show, show your friends and family, your vacation photos. Right. Huh. And so that's what, right. Yeah. There's like, there's like, you, 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 know. you know, you click yeah, it, it and it, it like it goes to the next picture. Yeah. So that's back right. in the eighties when Bill Murray didn't look like a walking corpse, <laughs> he looks rough now. Um, okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think if, I, I swear that I have seen slide projectors on churches lists when they send us like their gear list. And, you know, every time I say no to a church, I just feel like it's like a tiny little stab to my heart. But I'm looking at a slide projector and I'm like, yeah, you you just need to let that thing 
you, you need to let it go. Toby, when you were sick the other day and I was doing the offer sheet, so I gave someone 10 grand for that. Was that too much? <laughs> uh, you're fired. All right. Um, that's that's the first one here. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to hope with all my heart that he was robbed at gunpoint. And I'm going to say that he did not study to be an architect. Maybe he like stole that from previous guests listening. So Toby, what's your guess? See, I'm going to go. Um, so my gut says that for him being the pro presenter expert, like that seems so obvious that he's considered like the video guy at North Point. And so it could kind of be this funny thing where it's like, oh, you, you ask a pro presenter question. Well, don't ask Brendan because he didn't know anything about it. All right. We're locked in, Brendan. Which is it? Yeah, we have a winner there, Toby. Uh, that is exactly the truth. Um, oh, Blake. How, how often do you hear that? I have no idea how to run pro presenter. Blake doesn't do either. Well, really. Actually, Brendan, I have no idea there. But. Brendan, you let me down. You let me down. <laughs> Tell me, you didn't let me down, though, with this one. Tell me about getting robbed at gunpoint by a pregnant woman. Was that your wife? Uh, no, no, it wasn't my wife. This is this was back, I think I worked at a bank there in, in college, and uh, just one random afternoon, a uh, lady walks into the bank with a, a forty-five, holds it up over the counter, and asks for all the money in our drawers. And so... Uh, and you gave it to her? gave it to her. I gave it to her. How sure much thing. was in there? Man, I, uh, ten probably more than ten thousand. I, I, it, I mean, it wasn't like tons of cash, but sure, it was something so, significant. So crime did literally pay, and oh she gosh. was like, she was noticeably pregnant. Is the baby an yeah, accessory in a crime? Pregnant. Yeah. Okay. And so how know. did that story end? They catch her or what? S yes. In fact, it was probably less than an hour later. She walked across, not walked across the street. She went to another banking center and tried to pay off a loan with the cash. No, you have yeah. to wait for so, the heat to die down. I mean, I I almost feel a little bad and that she was like, she was stealing the money for a good reason. She was trying to pay off her debts. I think yeah. she saw the movie Hell or High Water and was like, I'm going to mm. do exactly that because that's literally the plot of that movie. That is a great movie. One of the best, honestly. Um, true story. My father-in-law is the regional vice president of a bank in West Tennessee. And they had someone come in there and they were getting all mad because they had tried to put their money in the deposit box outside. And this is a real thing. Like the slit is kind of confusing. There's a couple and my dad has actually put it in the wrong one. And so I've seen this happen. Well, they're like, sorry, sir. Like this, we have a process for this. It's going to take a couple of days. And he's like, well, I'm going to call the law. I'm going to call the law on y'all. And they're like, all right, call the law. And so please show up, arrest him, take him away. And they're like, this guy had warrants. So <laughs> thank you for <laughs> this guy got himself arrested in a bank. Did he forget that like he was wanted? You know, I'm not going to say anything else. You know, you never know what someone's going through, but let's just say the... Uh, that's got to be on, like, you know, America's Dumbest Criminals. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Um, all right. So tell us about selling an Allen & Heath audio console to buy an engagement ring. And are you married mm, to the girl that yeah. you bought this engagement ring for? I am indeed married well to the same girl. Yeah. I uh, Simple story. Fell in love. Needed cash. Didn't need the console. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Put it up for sale. I feel like the you ring. just described like a Hollywood movie, fell in love, needed cash, so now he's taken one last job. And after having been married for however many years, do you miss that Alan and Heath console? Uh, or was not the, was the sacrifice worth it? Oh, it was, yeah, the sacrifice was definitely worth it. And I wouldn't call it a sacrifice. Your wife is actually in this room. She's listening right now, so. We're... Okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Don't say anything wrong. Okay, pro presenter. So you apparently are not the expert. No, I mean, I could set up the computer, you know, get the outputs going and stuff. But like when it comes to like in a show, you know, gathering content, 
trying to pull something off quickly. I'm not your guy. I'm not your guy. Something your I guy. say often around here, uh, particularly when they're trying to, uh, what's it called? Arrest Rob me you at gunpoint. Arrest me for uh, oh. stealing from a bank. <laughs> I've joked many a time. I'm like, why don't we just steal from your father's bank? Like, he won't turn mm-hmm. us in. All right, Brennan. So when you're not stealing banks, we hear you're working at North Point. So tell us, you know, how did you get started at North Point? What's the, uh, like North Point was kind of the pioneer in live streaming. So when COVID hit, were you phased or was it like, well, we've already got this ready. So what was that like? And what's it like at North Point? Sure. Well, uh, I think the short answer, how I got here was a cold resume. Honestly, Uh, I was working in production in Nashville out of school and my wife and I came down for a visit to North Point while we were in Atlanta, and we were just blown away by the experience here and, uh, you know, how services were orchestrated and the, the level at which they were, you know, executing uh, programming. And so uh, about a year later, we were kind of at a crossroads and uh, thinking about having kids and looking for the next adventure. And in part of that conversation, my wife urged me to send my resume to North Point. She's like, you know. If you if you want to work in production, you and, and you know you've grown up in the church, like this is the thing. Why don't you put the two together and make it your job? And I, I guess I reluctantly agreed, and then and then, but didn't figure it would go anywhere. Mm. And then, man, it was like uh, forty eight hours. It, it didn't take long. They called back and said, "How did you know there was a position open?" And I was like, "I didn't." And uh, the rest is history. So, so you just were like, yeah. "I want to work at North Point." Sent an application and didn't know there was a job opening. Right. I. Yeah, didn't know. And it's kind of funny that if you did that now, you'd pretty much be guaranteed there will be a job opening. Because everybody's got job openings <laughs> right now in production. Oh, yeah. Right. If we no could doubt. just sell production people instead of gear, we'd make tons more money. Uh, slavery is not allowed anymore, Blake. I'm, well, actually, You fun. can't sell human beings. Here's a crazy thought. Tennessee had an amendment to vote slavery out of our Constitution uh, in this past election cycle. 20% voted to keep it in. Welcome to Tennessee. Oh. <laughs> Um, but going back to that, also, that's what Slingshot does. They sell production people. I'm not, that's what I meant. Like, I didn't mean literally, Toby. Um, <laughs> Maybe we should clarify a little bit. Slingshot helps find candidates, match candidates with churches doing searches. They don't sell human beings. They totally sell. <laughs> come on. In the sense of, like, what do they provide for a church? They provide them a production person. Like, I don't mean this in a weird way. Brendan, do you see what I have to deal with on a daily basis here? <laughs> So, Brendan, I know that uh, North Point is kind of considered the pioneer in, you know, if, if live streaming is the right way to say it, but like the multi-site, like send the the video feed out to different campuses. Can you kind of talk to us about that history there and how that got started? Yeah, sure. Um, a while back, I mean, when I came to North Point, ooh, it was almost like 18 years ago, and they were already doing uh, multi-site. So we had, we had our central campus and then there was a south campus that opened up. And so I kind of just started and started to learn about that as everyone on staff already, you know, was kind of forging the way with technology and uh, got to be a part of that. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's really just grown from there. Like uh, always looking for the next, uh, you know, technology to help us, you know, uh, achieve an objective, whatever it may be programming wise. So as those campuses grew, uh, I mean, as the need for campuses grew, we just had to continually add gear and uh, figure out better ways, more efficient ways uh, to scale that, to scale the systems. So when COVID hit, were you guys phased at all? Um, Or did the increased importance on streaming force you all to make some changes and improvements to this already like existing system? 
Yeah, well, yes and no. I mean, yes, we had the infrastructure to support like a large online audience, um, but we we still had to shift our focus a bit. Like without a crowd in the room was one thing I remember, like we couldn't take the wide shots that we would normally take uh, from before. And then uh, at some point, we pretty quickly, we also realized we didn't need iMag screens. Like there's nobody in the room to look at the screen. So why do we have the iMag on? And the same was true for the PA. So uh, what we ended up doing is kind of consolidating the space and converted the auditorium basically into a soundstage. And mm-hmm. uh, without all the seats in the room, we were able to experiment with like new camera positions and things that were otherwise unattainable. So uh, at the end, we kind of had <laughs> like a hundred foot of dolly track all laid out through the room and, and we put the jib right up close. Uh, and then and when you brought, when North Point pe- brought people back into the room, what things did, like, how was it different now than it was before COVID? Because you guys totally changed things up. So what were you able to keep? What did you shift? Right. Well, the challenge certainly was that we we really enjoyed all those positions, like the new angles and things were great, but we had to, you know, remove a lot of that. Um, for us, I think the biggest thing that we kept was we did get to keep the dolly. So we kept a certain section of dolly track, but we also, uh, during that time, fine-tuned lighting. And so we were really concentrated on how do we make cameras look good, uh, you know, for an audience outside the room. And so we kept a lot of that great lighting. Um, We also wanted to work on keeping both an IMAG cut and a broadcast cut simultaneously. And so I think uh, what we've been working through, at least in the last, I guess, year or so, has been um, figuring out how to do that, uh, what I call a double cut uh, with one individual. So one director, uh, some, you know, predictable uh, recalls on the switcher to help, you know, with taking a close-up camera in the iMag while we put something wider online. So working through that with all of our uh, directors. And for lighting, um, was it kind of like you did one lighting, you know, feel pre-COVID and then you completely switched, like you're just lighting for live stream at that point. And now is it kind of a balance between the two? Are you approaching lighting differently completely now? Yeah, I think it, we it, lighting was always important and how we did it. It's just when we f- saw the finer points of how to do that for a camera, we're like, oh, we can still do these things even though there are people in the room. Right. It just it was like a I would say like a maturity of how we go about lighting. Right. Uh, you don't know what you don't know. And then then something like COVID happens and you you learn new ways to to do things. So was it weird? I, I've never asked anyone this. Was it weird when COVID hit to just have nobody in the sanctuary? Like, was it hard for the worship team to, I don't know, like feel the emotion when you don't have everyone singing with you and for the pastor to have no nodding heads like the, all nonverbal communication was gone? Yeah, I'm not a dude who I'm, I'm not a dude who usually uh, dons the stage much. I, I I would think so. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was tough. Um, or or were you just like, this is great. Nobody told me to turn it down. <laughs> well, I think we yeah, right. I think we we. I mean, we we kind of saw that a little bit. I mean, and some of that is why we moved cameras around too to just kind of give that feel. You know that you know you don't want to necessarily sing to a camera, right? Like that's kind of odd. Um, so. Okay, I want to shift gears a little bit. Um, I've been to a lot of churches in the last couple of years just doing site visits and meeting the tech crew and just seeing their operations. And North Point has been one of my favorite, honestly, um, for a lot of reasons. But I want to talk about one specifically with you. You know, there are certain cultures at churches where they have almost a celebrity pastor. 
And it's like that pastor has security that walks with him. That pastor has private green rooms and that pastor is kept separated and whatnot. Kind of like how we treat Toby here. Yes, as I, <laughs> as I should be. But I feel like you guys really like were animate about, you know, Andy is, you know, he is who he is. He's Andy Stanley and he's, you know, God is used in such powerful ways, but he's also like, he's with us and he's like, it's, it didn't feel like this big disconnect. So can you talk about just like the, the health of that relationship between the staff and the culture and how you as a production staff get to work alongside him and share that vision? Sure. Well, I can, I can talk about that. Like from my experience, I mean, um, for me, Andy's the real deal. Like what he, what he says on stage and the principles he talks about, we, you know, live out every day, um, especially on staff, like throughout the day, throughout a, you know, a work week. And, uh, I mean, all of that, all of that really flows from the top, like healthy relationships around here that all flows from the top. I mean, our leaders set a really good example, uh, of that for us. And so everyone's approachable, um, you know, everyone enjoys spending time and, you know, let's say intermingling with, you know, all the staff as we're, you know, as we're together in the hallways or, where we are, you know, I don't have a lot of face-to-face time with Andy, but when I do see him, I mean, it's, you know, if, if I wanted to bring up, you know, something or ask a question, that wouldn't be out of the ordinary. Yeah. I love that. Do you have any advice for churches that maybe don't have that healthy connection, just like an easy place to start? Like, (laughs) you know, knowing people's names on staff. (laughs) I don't know how, you know, I don't know how easy that is to lead up, right? Like, there's no magic pill. I mean, really a, a culture of any place is really determined by the leaders. And I think that you can, as a leader, wherever you are in the organization. So if it's over volunteers only, or maybe it's a, you're managing a small staff. I mean, you can create that kind of culture for yourself. Um, and for you, like as people, you know, as they're interacting with you, how, how easy are you to interact with? And how, you know, how, how much do you separate yourself or isolate yourself, uh, you know, both in behavior and in your heart? So, I mean, I think my my su- suggestion would be to just I mean, work on that for yourself and just be a good example in the areas you can uh, have influence over. And would you say that that relationship with your pastor is kind of what's helped you have longevity in the tech world, which we, you know, don't see all that often? Well, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, you know, I was raised a preacher's kid, so I've been spending a lot. I spent a lot of time in the church, and uh, for me, what's funny is we talked about you know North Point coming to work here. Like there was at one point in my life, I swore off ever working in the ministry, and it just had a lot to do with how I saw church leadership behave. Uh, you know, as we as I grew up as a kid, and uh, but here at North Point, I think what the the draw to this place was the leadership. Uh, the draw to this place for me was you know what I what I read in books and. Um, you know, it's a great place to work. And, uh, you know, we, we are all our human beings. It's not always hugs and high fives around here, but you know, we, we certainly work on that. And, um, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of layers to, uh, why I might've stuck around for so long, but I think certainly it's that, it's that leadership culture always growing, um, us as individuals. Uh, I think North point, um, is, uh, interested in, in my growth and my development as a leader. And, uh, they, they do things, uh, we have, um, we have a staff culture team that helps us, uh, if we, had, if we need one-on-one coaching and there's even classes and things we can go to, to just improve our leadership. 
And how long have you and some of the key production staff been there? Oh, I mean, they're on our team. So I work on a central team. We're on a support team. And those of us on that team, pretty tight-knit group. There's a few of us who have been here probably like, you know, that 16, 17, 18-year mark. And we kind of all started around that same time. And uh, yeah, I just think that we have a great, we we just have a great team dynamic uh, for our team. It's a lot of fun. Um, we have a lot of fun. We like to eat tacos together. That, that's uh, the key to a healthy culture, I think, is eating tacos. I think tacos. it is. I do. I think it is. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, there's a few of us who've been here a little while, and I think that it, it has a lot to do with our team dynamic. You know, we like to have a lot of fun together. Um, we get to work on a team that's, uh, you know, always, it seems like we have new initiatives. And I think that has to do with our size, but also, you know, um, we get to try things out. And uh, if it doesn't work, you know, we go a different direction. So we have some room to fail. Um, and then sometimes we get it right. It's, and it's, you know, and you've been there a, 15 plus years. Yeah. Uh, 18 going on 19. Golly. And there's, isn't there at least two others that have been there almost as long? Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my manager and, uh, another guy on our team. Like, I feel here. like we should do, uh, you know, if we're doing awards at the end of the year, we find the uh, the tech that listens to the podcast that's been at their church the longest and Ooh, I like longevity that a lot. award. Um, we went to visit uh, Church of the City in Franklin a couple weeks ago, and one of their guys has been there 22 years, and I feel like that's the longest I've heard so far. I didn't know Church of the City's been around that long. Well, I thought it, it was like a new hip church. It it moved into a church that has been around for like over 100 years. So it so ate that, a church? Well, they, they combined and became Church of the City like together, but that guy had been at the old church and then stayed. And that was a really fun, uh, you know, story of unity there. Uh, Brendan, going back to the fact that I got to visit you guys. So I got a site tour. Um, I've got a couple of them now, which is super fun. You guys are actually probably the best at doing it. It feels like you've done a lot of site tours, but, uh, so for me, I'm walking in and you show me the, you know, I guess the main auditorium at the Alpharetta campus. And then you walk me back into video world and I feel like I'm on the set of newsroom or CNN or something. What is it like 21 yeah. server racks back there? What in the world is going yeah. on back there? Sure. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a lot here. Uh, you toured the central campus. So, um, we're really, uh, kind of the hub for connecting all the locations, uh, whether it be over fiber or some, uh, na managed networks. And uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of signals that come in from uh, that we that we watch in our uh, central operations center. And so I should probably back up a little bit and kind of explain that you know our team is responsible uh, for capturing and delivering like the primary message content on Sunday. So every campus does their own thing when it comes to like worship, uh, audience engagement, host segments, things like that. But uh, when it comes to the message, we're responsible for making sure that uh, that it gets there, that it's uh, you know high quality, and that everything works. And so we, we sit in that central room really to watch what's going on on a Sunday and be ready for any, any uh, issues that might arise, uh, even at a local campus. Let's say I'm coming up with an example of like a projector goes out or something. We help walk, you know, the, uh, the local tech staff there, th you know, through something. Oh, so you almost are kind of playing a customer support role then, like troubleshooting stuff when you're not even physically there. Yeah, absolutely. Our team is more project-based. So during the week, we're working on, you know, upgrading and maintaining uh, systems. And then on Sunday, the execution is really to make sure that uh, the message gets out and that we're there to help the, uh, the other campuses. Let's go back to the longevity in tech just one more time. Um, what would you, what kind of wisdom and advice would you give to 
other, you know, church texts that are in a tough spot and they, you know, they're trying to decide if they're going to stay or they're going to go or if they're trying to, you know, build a culture on an island a little bit. Like it's so like your story is so great and encouraging because it's coming from the top. It's going great. Um, what do you do, though, when you want to have longevity somewhere, but it kind of feels like you're getting edged out? Man, I don't know. I think it's really important to always um, keep work-life balance. Um, I mean, there's, I mean, we all, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of regular. I hear all the time stories about burnout and just working, you know, far too much. Um, and one of the things, uh, we have, uh, it's a principle around here called choosing to cheat. Uh, and it's basically about choosing how we divide our hours in the day, uh, you know, between sleep, exercise, work, family. And, uh, often you feel like there's not enough time. You got to cheat somewhere. And if that's the case, uh, we're encouraged to cheat at work. So uh, I think that's that's been a real freeing uh, principle and uh, one that I think that has uh, placed a lot of value, you know, on my time and the, the things that I do in my life other than work here. And so anyway, to bring it all back around, I, I do think you got to stand strong in that work-life balance. Mm. And, uh, I choose I to cheat anybody... all the time. It's my cheat meal, which is every meal. Yeah, I was meal. thinking, you and I choose to cheat the workout. We're like, nah, I could skip that. I'm going to skip the workout, and then I'm going to have a cheat right. day. So I'll cheat the workout, cheat the meal. But no, that's a great way to look at is like, you, you only have a certain amount of hours in the day. And you've like if your family life suffers, everything's going to suffer. If your health suffers, everything is going to suffer. And so, yeah, if you're down Amen. to, you know, you've you've got to just simply go home at some point and call it good enough and build up those healthy things so that you know eventually we just we burn out because we we don't do those things that build the health outside of work and so we just we fail we shut down we overwhelm um no i think that's great so many i think church texts cuz you guys are like the heart as the more i get to know all of y'all they're the most hard working people ever and i feel like a lot of times you, you have nothing left to pour out because so many people are just forever holding their bucket upside down when you got to go refill it to pour into others. there's You don't have anything left, and now it's just that you know little arm on the bucket that's clanging against the other the, the outside of the bucket making a bunch of noise, which really that's the analogy for like the pain you're experiencing. So, And we're in a season right now where uh, tech directors are trying to choose to cheat, but uh, it's Christmas time. Um, tell us about Christmas at North Point. Is it as crazy as some of the other churches out there doing like 17 services in a week? And Oh, yeah. We have, we have lots of services, especially across like eight campuses. Um, Christmas has been pretty interesting probably the past few years, I think because of COVID, but also because um, all eight campuses um, can operate more autonomously sometimes. And Christmas season is like one of those seasons where everybody kind of does their own local programming. And, um, you know, Sunday mornings are, uh, similar to a normal Sunday mornings. Of course they get the trimmings of like holiday spirit and they might include like an extended audience engagement segment. And, uh, you know, I think our job, at least from my perspective and my team is again, to support those campuses and what they're doing. So they might come up with an idea and they're like, Hey, this really cool thing we want to do. And how do we get that done? And, and our team's there to help kind of pave the way for that and help them. Um, the one thing I've enjoyed during Christmas uh, most recently, and this did come from COVID, was more outdoor events. Um, I think that uh, especially at North Point, our, or our, rather our Alpharetta campus, um, we got a big lawn out front, a large parking lot. And so we've uh, started doing a number of events. And one thing that has stuck is uh, a, a giant Christmas 
uh, event, a program uh, where we have a giant LED tree um, that, you know, dances, you know, to music and different things. And people come and there's a concert around that. And everyone brings like blankets and lawn chairs and we pray for good weather. Yeah. And uh, you are there's in a, the there's South. Like, so that helps. Yeah, I know. Well, it is the South, but, you know, there's rain and such. And uh, so anyway, they, they, they do it up with a Christmas market and there's food, sometimes trucks, you know, food trucks and warm drinks like coffee and hot cocoa. And uh, it's a, it's a good time. Now that probably runs like four nights in a row, two services a night. So it's, it's still a lot. And I know a lot of our tech team, we try to divide it up. So uh, I actually, because I, I'm on a team that's the central support team, but I attend North point. Like I call that my church home. So I'll, uh, I'll jump in and volunteer on, uh, you know, a night, you know, cover a, cover a, cover a position or a slot. So, so then does having so many, um, having so many churches in the area, like not church plants, like other locations, does that help cut down on the Christmas services or you guys have a little less than? Well, I think just we have do, a lot of, you know, so many right. just through one central church. Yeah. Well, I, again, because everybody is autonomous, they're really responsible for their own programming. So there's not really like a central programming that says, Hey, we're all going to do this. Everybody has something a little bit different. A lot of times the message content might be the same on Sunday mornings, but you know, one, one campus might do something completely different for Christmas Eve than another. And so usually those services are more, or those events are, you know, uh, more geared towards that specific community. So. And any just yeah. practical tips for our church techs that are looking at uh, Christmas coming up and thinking, well, I do have 17 services and I'm running all 17 of them and I'm trying not to die. And I'm trying to, you know, remind my kids that I'm, you know, I'm still their dad. Like just any practical tips on just surviving this season. Yeah. To where they don't have to just die hard, you know, during ah, this time. Man, breathe. Blake. <laughs> Watch breathe. that mouth, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> breathe yeah. is a good one. <laughs> My answer is breathe. I, I just take time, even if it's a little moment, uh, to pause and just, you know, realize that in just a few short weeks, you know, that stress and those things will be gone. And, uh, you know, I really just got to think about the value overall of what you're doing and how that's going to leave you in the end. Right. So I just think it's really important to at least build as much, um, like personal time in there. No, you know, totally. It sounds like it's just a, to a season for sure to be more intentional about how you're feeling. Yeah, um, I just there's it's it's an you you have to have endurance and there's there's only one way to keep up with that and that's to rest. So so speaking of having endurance, some of the events that take endurance is when everything is going wrong. So uh, before we get to your tech takeaway, I'd love to hear um, a disaster story, seasonal or not, even if it's not Christmas. Maybe it's Easter or maybe it's, I don't know, July 21st, whatever happened. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's been Keep a Keep reaching there, Blake. There's I, been a Sunday on July 21st at some point. Like, you ever had a moment where just everything went wrong? Man, I wish that I had, like, some crazy story of, like, you know, set pieces falling or trees on fire. But, uh, you know, nothing really at Christmas time. I think... One big thing in recent history that was a big fail, I think, was during a conference recently. Um, you know, we invite all the other churches, right, to come see, like, hey, check out what we do. Here's, you know, it's North Point, and this is going to be awesome. And we, you know, we do a lot of planning and practice for, like, a this big opener. And uh, in this particular one that I remember, uh, there's a, there's one individual who walks out on stage, and he's in the dark, right? But then there's, like, this backlight that comes up. And so the backlight's up. It's obviously something's we're starting, and uh, it's time to hit the queue. and nothing, you know, hit the queue again, nothing. 
and the uh, the tracks they're going to carry us through this whole thing, you know, with lighting and, and band is just not happening. And so it took so long that we actually had to cue him to walk back off the stage and turn the light off. And it was like <laughs> this moment of like, oh, you know, it was obvious something was wrong, you know. And so, you know, just embarrassing, uh, you know. Who took take the heat a few for moments. that one? Yeah, right. And so, you know, you know, I wouldn't say it's anybody's fault. It's just stuff happens, right? So like, I, I think we've had more disaster stories specifically around, and I hit the Q button and nothing happened. Like, this is a reoccurring theme here. You know, next time when you have a disaster story and they're like, someone's head has to roll for this, you should just say, oh, we're firing Blake. I would love for all mm. the church techs around America yeah. to just use me as a scapegoat. And like, <laughs> I bet the pastor, you know, if it's a big enough staff, they don't know every tech guy's name, yeah. even though they should. Just oh, tell them. Blake, you're fired. Send me a, a church shirt with the church name on it and everything. I'll do a little video. <laughs> It'll be perfect. You start the hashtag, Blake's fired. Yes. All right. Um, Brendan, we'd like to take some cues from you on a tech takeaway. Um, give us something that uh, would be your unique piece of advice. I mean, you got 19 years at North Point. You ought to have something pretty impressive. I'm just saying. Um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's impressive. And I was listening to you. You know, I've listened to you guys' podcasts, and a lot of guys talk about relationships. And, uh, man, I prioritizing those over any production or task. I think that's huge. And I can agree hundred percent, right? hundred, 150% agree on that. Um, but instead I thought, you know, I might give you guys something more practical. Uh, something I feel like that at least the folks that I've talked to and the people who come through, uh, could, you know, might be helpful to them. Um, especially in light of kind of coming off of COVID, uh, a lot of folks are doing like video more now with they're using cameras. And, um, I think a lot of people, you know, they get into the, they get into video and there there's all kinds of things that go into it right like it's the combination of lighting and audio and everything together and so I think that uh, if you don't like the way your cameras look I think you should uh, I think everyone should take a good look at lighting um, I, I find that when I see you know when I see stuff coming when, when people share the different content with me I'm like hey yeah that's great or when I go visit a church and help them and I think instead of like chasing down the next camera or the next frame rate you know, or the next set of cinematic lenses. Like, I think a lot of times we can just concentrate on what we have and just look at the lighting, um, balance that better. Uh, some, sometimes I suggest that, you know, you, you might take a monitor, a video monitor, and just take the console into a room where all you can see is the video monitor, right? And, sh and, and program your lighting to what the camera sees more than just what's in the room. And then, of course, you go back out and, and, and you want to balance that, right? There's still a, there's still an experience to be had by someone in the audience, but I think that that can be, you know, really helpful in, you know, improving the way, the way, uh, the way our images look. So tell you what I'm hearing is whenever something goes wrong, the video guy says it's the lighting guy's fault. <laughs> hey, don't look at me. It was L. No, I'm just kidding. The real response there is become the video guy and the lighting guy should become buddies because they can oh, yeah. make some magic happen. Oh, yeah. You got to work together. Absolutely. Brendan, that's one of my favorite tech takeaways because that's so darn practical. I've had a lot of philosophical, a lot of relational ones. That's great. Well, Brendan, uh, we really appreciate you coming on, man. Is there anything you want to plug? So, uh, yeah, one thing I'd like to plug would be our, uh, our Be Rich campaign. Uh, it's a generosity movement that we do every year where we challenge people to uh, be rich in good deeds. Uh, and we support local charities with cash donations and volunteer service during that time. Uh, it's really cool. Totals aren't in yet for this year, but like last year, we served about 25,000 hours and raised $8.5 million just between our eight campuses. Dang. And a hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent of that is actually given away 
to the nonprofits. Uh, they're vetted nonprofit organizations just within our community. So you can check it all out on berich.org. I'm so shocked you were able to get the URL berich.org. Like that's a tough URL game to get. I don't know how they did it, but they must have somehow. Well done. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Brennan, we really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Yeah, it's been good. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for listening. And hey, congratulations on Surviving Sunday. If you happen to make it through next Sunday as well, join us again for your weekly Tech Breather. Blake, I have a confession to make. Oh, no. Toby, don't do that on air. Um, I often wonder, are reindeers actually real? Well, actually, I think if you, I don't know that they can fly, but supposedly they are real. Seriously. I don't think they actually fly, but yes, they are real. Like reindeers are a real thing. You think they're like mythical creatures because they can fly. And like, how many of them were there or are there? Like how many does Santa have? I think he has 11 reindeers. Is Rudolph the 12th or is he the 11th? I don't think he counts as a reindeer because he's a mutant because he's got the nose thing. That's true. I mean, we can't necessarily be sure whether it's 11 or 12, but one thing we can be sure of is the 11% off you can get at churchgear.com if you use code podcast. And this is my salesman voice. (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas, everybody. Okay, Blake, I've been working on some jingles for our new website launch. So I've got churchy, churchy, church, church gear. Toby, what have I told you about singing on the podcast? It doesn't work. But you know what is working? Our new website. You can actually get it to load on your phone. You can actually buy a new piece of gear without your phone bursting into flames. Well, what if I spelled it out like C-H-U-R-C-G-E-R? Toby, Toby, stop. That is not working. But you know what is working? The search bar on our website. You can actually search speakers and speakers will appear. No joke. That didn't always work. Okay, what if I just did something like go to churchgear.com? You know what? That one works.